0: Hey guys, and welcome back to the Travis and Damien Podcast, episode 116. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, and more. Today, we are talking about Xbox slash Bethesda, The Last of Us Part 3, The Flash and Superman movies, Secret Invasion, and more. But as usual, we're going to start with our recent activities, and I will go first this time around. Uh, so first one uh, is my only game that I've been playing uh, these past two weeks. That it's not like, uh, you know, like multiplayer, live service, whatever the fuck you want to call uh, and that's everybody went to switch. So I had my friends and family over for 4th of July and Kofi, one of our other friends was like, Hey, uh, do you have, uh, everybody wants to switch? And I was like, fuck that. No. <laughs> um, and then he was like, I'll buy it for you. And I was like, all right, cool. Um, so we bought it, we downloaded it and we played it. And we only played two of the like smartphone, uh, mode games. Yeah. Um, and it was only for like 20 minutes each And it was fucking terrible. (laughs) Um, So the problem with this game is that. uh, So obviously they have like a a bunch of games that you can choose from. Right. For the uh, for like the mobile aspect. And like the way it works is that like the the 20 minute party is the first person or the, the first team to get three points. So what happens is that it rolls for the games. And because of that, you can get the same game twice. And this. The second time you play the game, it's it's like a sequel or like a different version of it. And you know how like uh, sort of like draw where, where like yeah. they would say something different like more often. It, it's pretty much that same shit. Um, but it was it was really bad because we, <laughs> we played the same game twice. The first one was like the photo one where you would take your phone and you would take a photo of like something within the room that was similar to that color. So I'm like, oh, okay, like that's a fine idea. But the problem was that we chose or like i put it so like they didn't have to like get up and move around but we ended up getting up and moving around anyways (laughs) right Um, and then the other game that we played twice was the fucking squatting game so (laughs) you don't have to get up and squat the first time we we did it we all did it but then the second time it was like you can actually do it while sitting down and just have to move your phone up and down steadily and i'm just like this is awesome awful this is so bad um there were some other ones there was like a, a ufo one where like you have to like go with like the rhythm and like do this to like call the the aliens or some shit i'm like all right and like there's like a lot of setup for these games as well like you can't just like uh, they don't have like a app or anything like that or it's not like jackbox where you would just go into the url and then just do it yeah you, you have to scan the qr code you can't just like okay. put like a code in or whatever and i'm just like that's stupid and like when you get into every single game you have to like allow the camera you have to allow motion you have to allow this and i'm just like it's a lot every single time you have to go into a new game you have to do like this 30 45 second setup um but yeah since we only played it for 40 minutes all together i was just like okay yeah this is this is not <laughs> the best sequel to one two switch and i can see why they made it 30 dollars and why they sort of just shallow
1: dropped it yeah it looks it looks bad <laughs> yeah no so. it is
0: it is not that great i'm sure that we'll play it maybe a couple more times just for like all you know shits and giggles or whatever but yeah i'm just like i don't know i don't know what they were cooking honestly but <laughs> nintendo they was not cooking, cooking anything no 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 yeah. it was it was awful um the other things i got here are some movies uh, just because uh, I wanted to rewatch Interstellar, a Christopher Nolan film, I watched this or rewatched this during the pandemic. It was like during one of our like Discord movie nights or whatever. Yeah. But uh, Target had like a buy two get one free sale on like movies or whatever, so I bought some of these, not all of them. Uh, but I wanted to rewatch this because this is one one of my girlfriend's favorite movies and. You know, I honestly forgot what happened. I was like, that was a good movie when I watched it. Like, I still remember the ending, but I don't remember everything that happened. So as I was rewatching it, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, that happened, that happened. Oh, okay, yeah, 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 this, this, and that. You know, it is kind of hard to follow sometimes just because they use, like, a lot of, like, science and shit. And I'm just like...
1: Yeah, I just thought (laughs) the the ending was weird. uh, Yeah. But I I, I really liked it a lot. Mm -hmm.
0: The ending definitely was a little strange, but at the same time, I'm like... kind of makes sense but at the same time you know it is still like a very very well-made film all things considered yeah. uh next film i got here is midsummer i've only heard really fucked up things about this and i watched yeah, me the, too. <laughs> i watched the director's previous film hereditary and that was fucking great i love hereditary it's like one of the best horror films of recent years uh but i never watched midsummer i think it came out during a time where i wasn't really seeing movies that much or whatever so uh but i watched it And yeah, it's fucked up. It is so, like, weird and creepy. It's not like a traditional, like, horror film where, like, things are, like, in the dark. Because, like, as you can see, it's, like, bright colors, very, very colorful. You know, like, you can see everything that's happening. It's just so fucking weird and messed up, like... (laughs) the things that happened within this movie that's all i can really say without spoiling anything because i watched this film without knowing anything all i knew was that it gets more and more fucked up like i was like that's messed up and then my girlfriend was like nope it gets worse trust me and i was like okay and it fucking did so um is it better than hereditary in my opinion no but it is definitely like a lot creepier and a lot weirder and a a lot more extreme in terms of like what the fuck they're doing uh the first like Thing that happens within the movie is like pretty tame but like after that it's like oh my fucking god what are they doing uh, but it's good it's good it's very very good um apparently uh if you rewatch it you'll see like certain things again like certain like uh easter eggs or whatever like the uh director like hides in there and i'm just like do i really want to rewatch or do i want to just like watch a youtube video to like see all those easter eggs because the, the movie's pretty fucked up but yeah <laughs> And then the last movie I got here is Black Swan with uh, Natalie Portman. This movie came out in 2010, and I knew nothing about it. All I knew was that my girlfriend wanted to watch it, and I was like, okay, I'll buy it on Blu-ray, on Amazon. It was like $10. It came all fucked up, like the case is broken, and it went Oh, my God. (laughs) um, Anyways, you know, still watched it. It's actually very, very good. This is one of those films that um, I've heard a lot of good things about over the years, and I was just like, oh, okay, you know, it has Natalie Portman in it. That's probably why it's, like, very, very good, which is... Exactly that, but I also like the story because it's about this like uh, this very like dedicated, very like hardworking, like perfectionist sort of uh, ballerina dancer played by Natalie Portman. I forget I forget the fucking character's names already. But anyways, um, you know she wants to make sure that when she is performing the Black Swan, uh, sort of uh dances or whatever like they're like perfect spot on and everything and obviously like throughout the movie she has stuff to work on or and and whatnot and like her like home life and like her life at the uh sort of like dance place is like all fucked up like uh you'll see like throughout the movie like some like weird things happen it's because it's like messing with like her head mentally and sort of like a uh, mental health awareness sort of uh film um all things considered but uh yeah, it is very very good. I think that uh the story, the uh, directing, everything like that is is very very good. Um you know, not as fucked up as a midsummer but still, you know, a a, a some scenes may be maybe a little much for some people.
1: Yeah, like I feel like good midsummer. I'm like, I'll just, I'll just read the wiki on that one. That's, <laughs> uh, I, I'm a, I'm a bitch.
0: honestly, honestly, I don't know if reading it will do it justice.
1: <laughs> like heritary, her, yeah, I'm like, all I know about is the one scene with, the, like, yeah, everyone knows yeah, yeah, that yeah, yeah. scene. So, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the only part I know about that movie. So I'm like, okay, I'm good with that. <laughs> so, uh, anyways, so what I've been doing is I've been playing a lot of Final Fantasy sixteen, So it's been like the main thing I've been going through, and um, yeah, the game is really good. Um, you know, like narratively, like story wise, all that stuff, it's fantastic. I've been loving the story. Um, you know, I think if you're if you're afraid it's gonna get too Game of Thrones, like, you know, if you're like a Final Fantasy fan, you're like, okay, mm-hmm. this the Game of Thrones angle isn't for me, like don't worry about that, cause it kinda stops being Game of Thrones, like ten percent of the way in. It gets very JRPG but <laughs> like turns the later <laughs> half. So like you're fine. So if you're worried about that, then like yeah, don't don't be put off by that. Like it's still like darker than a lot of Final Fantasies, but um it has a lot of good moments. like it has a lot of like, you know happier moments i guess like you still got your power of friendship and stuff so you're good (laughs) so um (laughs) if you're worried about like it being like too dark or too game of thrones like oh this isn't my final fantasy like it it definitely like goes way harder into that jrpg stuff like later on um but yeah i think the story is fantastic so far um the voice acting has been really good um you know i think it really shows when you record a game in english first then japanese because like it feels really natural whenever all the characters are talking like especially um Clive's voice actor, which is like the main guy. Like his voice actor nails it. It's like really good. Um, same thing with everyone else. Like all the supporting characters, everything. I think every, the game is just really well acted. I think the story is great. I, I've been loving the story so far. Um I know the ending is a little weird, so I guess I'll see when I finish it. But um right now I, I I've been loving it for that reason alone. Um I know the combat, again, I, I mentioned this last time, has been kinda controversial with being like, oh, it basically strips out any RPG elements. And yeah, that is true. Uh, like the more I play through it, the more it doesn't really bother me as much uh, as it did earlier on. Because um, as you progress through the game, you get more icons, which basically changes how your abilities work and stuff. And I think once you get more of those unlocked, it feels a lot better to play through than just having like one through like 10 hours through the game. It's like, OK, I could use a little more variety uh, in this. Uh, once you start getting more icons and stuff, it becomes a lot more fun. But um, I do wish there was more RPG elements. Like, I think the gear system is, like, pretty bad. Again, you just equip a better sword, and that's about it. You know, just higher numbers, like, and that's it. You, like, level up. Um, you know, you can't really... You, like, you can't unlock abilities and stuff, but it's, like, it's not that exciting. Like, you get the new active ability, and that's about it. You can upgrade it once, and then you can upgrade it again, so you can put it on any other icon instead of the one that's attached to. You. And that's really the only sort of, like, build craft you could do in this game. Um, I think Seven Remake had a better, like, balance between action and RPG stuff. Um, So hopefully if they do another mainline Final Fantasy, like Final Fantasy 17, like, if they want to keep it, like, DMC combat or some other combat system, uh, hopefully they have, like, a better balance. Because, yeah, I think the combat's super fun and fast and fluid and stuff. But I think it really lacks that depth that other games have. Like, DMC has, you know, a bunch of crazy combos you could do. And then games that are more leaning on the RPG side of things have, like, okay, you got to have the right build to do this encounter but this game is like pretty easy because it kind of wants to have you know it wants to have its cake and eat it too so like it Mm -hmm. wants to appeal to action gamers and rpg gamers and um you know ends up just being like it's fun but it just lacks any depth really so uh but yeah it's still fun like uh, you know it's still like not like pulling me away from my experience at all but i I could definitely see why people wouldn't be that big of a fan of it um another thing is the side quest and a lot of people were like shitting on the side quest because like, actually playing through the side quests is pretty standard stuff. Like, oh, kill ten bandits or, like, collect whatever. But um, I think the narrative things in them is really good. Like, the actual, like, side stories you're doing within them is really good. And I think they're worth doing if you care about this world and the side characters and stuff. Um, if you don't, then, yeah, they're probably, like, a waste of time for you. Because you don't really get, like, anything from them. Like, one, like, they're not, like, f- that fun, I guess, to do gameplay-wise. And two, you don't really get that many rewards from it in general. So, like, if you don't really care about any of the side characters or world building, I guess, like, you could skip them. But for me personally, I, I think they've been really engaging in terms of, like, story and stuff. Um, and actually, recently, there's been a, a recent uh, patch, like, yesterday, where they, um, they took out motion blur, which was, like, another big complaint I had with the game because the motion blur was very aggressive. Now you could, like, turn that off, thank God, because it, <laughs> it was pretty bad. But um, so far I've been I've been really enjoying this game. You know, I get a lot of the the complaints about it with like, you know, the combat system. It doesn't feel like Final Fantasy, but um, for me, like it's been super good. Like I I just been enjoying the story so far. Um, the combat I think has been pretty fun. Again, I do agree that it needs a little more in terms of RPG stuff. But um, I feel like that stuff could be fixed with like a uh, super enhanced edition or whatever. You can easily add like passives or some other RPG systems or whatever. like uh, So I'm not like that concerned about that side of the game. I think, for me, the hardest part of RPG is always going to be the story and characters and stuff. And if that stuff is bad, then I think the game is going to just be bad. But I feel like the gameplay could be a little lacking, but if the story and characters are good, then I don't really care that much. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I- I've been really enjoying the game a lot. Uh, still highly recommend it. Hopefully next podcast I could have my whole thoughts done, because I-, I should be done with it by then, because I'm like, of the way done. But yeah, so far, really, really good. I've been really enjoying (laughs) it. Um, Next, I have Pikmin 1 and 2. So uh, I beat a Pikmin 1, um, and it was really good. Um, You know, the game was really short. You know, it was only, like, five hours. Uh, I beat it in, like, 19 days, which I think is pretty good for, like, a first-time playthrough. Yeah. Um, And yeah, the game basically just... um, Yeah, it just shows you what Pikmin's all about. You got your three basic types of Pikmin. You got your red, yellow, blues. Collect the ship parts, and that's it. And honestly, I thought the game would be... Uh, not harder, because there are some hard elements to it. But I thought the game would be a little more, like, puzzle and stuff. But it really isn't. A lot of ship parts are kind of just there. Um Early on, you get, like, the 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 map, and it shows you where every ship part is. And you basically just got to, like, get to it. Um And I, I always thought the game was going to be more puzzle-like. Like, oh, you have to, like, manage your Pikmin to do this, that, and that. And sometimes this. But um, it's a lot more straightforward than I thought it was going to be. Uh, but I liked it. I liked how, like, it introduces, like, this whole weird like gameplay style because you know even though the game is an rts like you controlling olimar and stuff is like such a different dimension for that genre Mm -hmm. that i think they get a lot out of it from that first game but it still feels like i guess like a tech demo like oh we could do more with this but this is about what we had time for for the um for the launch of the GameCube. And I think they, they nailed it. Like, I think the game still looks great. Uh, you know, the game is just still so unique Like you know, not a lot of games come out that play like Pikmin. Or they do, and they're, like, not great. You know, things like Brutal... Like, I love Brutal Legends, but the RTS stuff kind of sucked. <laughs> so um, <laughs> I think things like Pikmin just really nailed it, which is crazy. Uh, and then Pikmin 2, I'm, like, six hours into Pikmin 2. Um, and, yeah, they really expand everything about that formula, you know... Um, the game is just bigger in general. Uh, you have new to- new types of Pikmin, like purple Pikmin, eh, purple Pikmin are overpowered. Like, they yeah. just destroy everything. <laughs> uh, you know, white Pikmin are fun. Like, you know, they have the poison that could like, bury things on the ground and stuff. Um, but yeah, it seems like the game really makes use of all its mechanics at this point because the game is a lot harder. Mm-hmm. Um and I know for some people, like my brother, doesn't like Pikmin Two because like there's a lot of bullshit in it, and it is Yes. Uh, because of the dungeon mechanic, right? Mm-hmm. So like, y- yes. <laughs> and, and Pikmin One, you have the um, you have the overworld only, and I still feel like that's the strongest part of the game is is the overworld because I feel like you could do a lot in that, and I feel like I don't know, I feel like that's where Pikmin like does the best. Um, but I, I don't think dungeons are a bad idea either. I think it's just a way to implement it into isn't great. So like each floor is randomly generated for some reason, but all the enemies and treasure on that floor is always the same. So it's just, like, the the layout changes, which is weird. So you get, like, a lot of weird, nonsensical design. And, like, so there will be walls guarding nothing. Like, there's no treasure there. There'll be, like, 40 enemies in one room. And then if you go to another room, there's, like, nothing. Um, it, It just makes it feel, like, really, like... Not well designed in that aspect. Also, there's the thing where the game is just like horse shit, where it's like things just bomb rock just fall from the sky, <laughs> or like a random rock just falls on all your Pikmin and everyone dies instantly. Yeah. Um, it's just kind of like annoying. I already knew that coming in. So, like, I, I know I just dismiss all my Pikmin from the start. I'll go around the whole floor as like one of my captains and just like trigger all the traps so like none of my Pikmin die. And it makes it a lot easier. Um, but if you're playing this for the first time, it's like, yeah, it's horse shit. Like, there's, <laughs> like, there's no reason why the game should be like, oh, Pikmin are just dead now. Like, and you have no way to counter that. Uh, you know, that's dumb. So I- I'm glad Pikmin 4 seems to be bringing back dungeons. But I-, I think, I don't think they're randomly generated in that game. I don't think there are. Um, if so, I think that's, that's great. Because I think dungeons are a cool, like, thing for, you know, for this series. I just think they could have been implemented better. So I'm glad that 4 is kind of going back on that. Um, yeah. Also oh, so I really like the idea of having the two captains, but it feels like the wrong game to introduce it in because most of the... Like, 90% of the, your gameplay is in dungeons, and you're never going to split your captains up there because the, the area is so small. Like, it's cool to do in the overworld. Like, I get a lot of use out of using, like, the two captains there, but um, I feel like this game was, like, a weird mismatch with that mechanic because, like, you're never using it because, again, 80% of your gameplay is, like, underground. So um, I know Pikmin 3 really, like, enhances that because you have yes. three captains, and the whole game is overworld. But... um. Yeah, so far, I'm, I'm liking that the game has more content. You know, I, I'm enjoying it a lot. But I probably am enjoying it a lot more than some of the other people that hate Pikmin 2. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I could I definitely see its issues. And um, and I'm, I'm excited to, like, finish Pikmin 2 and then go to 3 and then see how 3 really, like, perfects the formula. But, um, yeah. yeah, so far, I've been really enjoying the series a lot. Yeah, no,
0: um, Pikmin 3 is <laughs> the best. I mean, yeah. like, it's just because when it was on the Wii U, like, you would use the gamepad to, like, yeah command put your captain, yeah, like, where they want So, I haven't played the uh, Switch version yet, but uh, just thinking back to like uh, when I was first playing the Pikmin franchise on the uh, Wii with Pikmin 1 and 2, yeah, Pikmin 2 Mm. was just so fucking annoying. Like, I was having so much fun with Pikmin 1, and then I went to Pikmin 2, and then I was like, oh, so like these dungeons, you know... fucking time stops and everything like that and then uh the uh the levels themselves are like randomly generated which i forgot about and then on top of that yeah there is a lot of bullshit that happens within those dungeons that just make them harder for like no reason um but yeah maybe one day i'll go back to them but i think i'm gonna go into pikmin 4 just raw dogging it you know (laughs) 10 years after uh pikmin 3 and see what happens hopefully i still got it because you know pikmin as a franchise as a whole isn't that difficult so
1: nah, like I feel like that's the hard thing, because, like, Pikmin 1 is actually, like, pretty easy once you, like, kind of know the mechanics and stuff. Like, at first it's kind of hard, but once you get Mm -hmm. it, you get it. I feel like they wanted to make Pikmin 2 harder, so they just added a bunch of bullshit that made it, like, not (laughs) fair. (laughs) Yeah, I just feel like insta-kill stuff, like, out of nowhere is obviously not good game design, so, um, yeah. So I I feel like Pikmin 2 has a lot of good ideas, it just kind of fumbles a lot, and hopefully Pikmin 4 kind of fixes that. Because I know Pikmin 3 is more like Pikmin 1 and looks like mm-hmm. Pikmin 4 wants to be more like 2. So um, I think that's a like a cool like little compromise there. Uh, and last thing I did is I-, I watched Elemental. I watched this in theater. This is the first Pixar movie I watched in theater since like Inside Out. <laughs> so like <laughs> it's been a very long time since I watched any Pixar movie in theaters. Um, like in terms of recent Pixar movies, I really like Soul a lot. Like I thought Soul was really good. Um, but everything else has been kind of like met <laughs> like it's been like mm-hmm. just okay I guess like Turning Red was good I I, I kind of like Turning Red yeah. all the sequels I've not really gelled with besides Toy Story like I think all of them are like especially like Incredibles 2 was such a letdown for me <laughs> um, but anyway uh, you know this movie a lot of people came into this wanting to hate it like people fucking hated this thing when they first showed it <laughs> and I, I thought it looked fine like I don't know I, I, I feel like the amount of hatred this movie was getting was like for no real reason I'm like why are people hating this so much um yeah then i watched it like yeah it was a cute movie i i I liked it i I don't think it's the best Pixar movie ever or whatever but like i think what it did it did really well and i I think that marketing didn't help it a lot because it was trying to advertise itself like zootopia basically where it's like Mm -hmm. oh look at all these wacky elements doing wacky things and also like you know there's a love story or whatever but i feel like they should have it's it is a love story with immigration and stuff and that Mm -hmm. stuff was never brought up Um, I feel like the world building in this movie sucks because that's not like what it was meant for. So like you have cloud and air people. I'm sorry. You have air and ground people for like no reason. They don't do anything in this movie. They're just kind of there. And like it's just like the world building was not as focused. And it feel like all the advertising was like, look how like Zootopia we are. Um, and I feel like that's such a mismatch. Um, and I feel like the whole allegory falls on its face when it's like, elements don't mix. When I'm like, the only thing that applies to is fire. <laughs> like, everything else can mix. I really feel like it should have just been fire and water people and that it would have been a lot better. Because not like ground and air people did anything in this movie anyway. Um, and, it, and like, it's all like, oh, we're in element city and the fire people come from the Firelands. Like, they really didn't give a fuck about like, world building at all. Like and it, it, That's fine, because it, it, it wasn't focused on that at all. It was like, mm-hmm. all just... Allegories for like immigration and like, you know, first generation people coming into like, you know, a city and then the love story between like uh, mixed race couples and stuff. Um, and I thought all that stuff was good. You know, I thought it was really cute. Like, I, I really liked the, you know, the struggles that Ember was going through. And I, I thought the love story parts were weighed were cute. Um, and yeah, I think it was just a really like inoffensive movie. Like, I, I really yeah. enjoyed it. Um, and yeah, I, I just think like the marketing for it was just really weird. And then like, it just it's bombing and stuff and like I, I really feel like it didn't deserve that but um yeah overall i thought it was just like a cute movie like that that's about all it is to say about it like besides complaining about like the whole uh the whole like weird advertisement for it and like i you know i thought the immigration stuff was handled pretty well for what it was um I, honestly at this point it probably should just been about real people you know like like screw yeah it. <laughs> like like just thinking about like real people i feel like probably hit a lot harder at that point but um yeah, I don't know. I, I enjoyed it. Also, like the the up short at the beginning, I yes. thought that was really cute. As soon as that music started playing, like oh my heart, no, don't, don't play the don't play the, like the sad music. So um, yeah, overall, I I liked it. I don't know. I thought it was cute. <laughs> yeah, I mean,
0: I think Elemental might be like the first uh, Pixar movie I might buy on like 4K or Blu-ray or whatever. Yeah, and we'll because you know those things ever fucking drop in price or. or- that but yeah, I thought I thought it was fine. Uh, I definitely want to rewatch it when it comes on Disney Plus or whatever. But yeah. it is doing a little better since the last time I talked about it. Yeah, because
1: is doing way way. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: I think actually one weekend it did uh it did take over across the Spider Verse at one point, but. uh uh, you know, other than that, it hasn't really been doing all that hot. And it looks like Pixar is re-releasing like older films into theaters. I know I saw like Toy Stories going back in theaters and <laughs> yeah, several other back. ones. Yeah, no, they, they are trying to fucking recoup their costs, which is uh, one way to do it. But, you know, it is it is definitely plainly obvious. Yeah. um but yeah i guess we'll move on from there we're gonna get into the gaming news and the entertainment stuff so first up we got is bethesda uh sort of miscommunicating exactly what the physical edition of starfield will have does it have a disc does it not have a disc so the story all started uh because i did write for it for my fandom wire sort of organization uh plug, plug, plug. It, <laughs> it all started with pretty much. Uh, Bethesda support uh, whoever was running that account was like all physical editions will include a code for the chosen platform there are no physical discs and I think that was just a straight up miscommunication because it looks like that hey if you do buy a box copy of it uh, it will come with a disc so uh, yeah just pretty much the standard edition I think Uh, The other editions may come with a code just to like compensate for those that that are trying to buy the big collector's edition. And then also they have like a Series S or whatever, just like with the uh, Spider-Man 2 collector's edition. It doesn't come with the physical game. It comes with the code just because the logistics of, you know, how many people have the regular PS5 versus the digital edition. You know, it's all it's all over the place. And to those that like myself want the physical game, we'll get it used at some other time.
1: Yeah. So, like, yeah. I, at first, when I first heard about this news, I was like, "Oh, are we actually going with a, like a discless society at this point?" Like, I really <laughs> thought, like, I thought, like, you know, with the Alan Wake stuff, I thought I like basically like all other publishers were like, "Oh, we could do that," and then mm-hmm. they we're just gonna follow suit. But um, now it looks like it's still gonna be with the disc, so um, that's good for physical owners that still want you know uh, their box and stuff. So, um, but I I feel like it's just a matter of time before. Companies start not making discs anymore. I feel like it's definitely a thing that's gonna be happening later, like throughout this console generation, um, and that's gonna be an interesting thing to talk about. Because you know, I know you're big on physical stuff. Yeah, um, <laughs> I'm, I'm sort of like mixed. Like, I'm sort of like half on it. Like, I, I like getting Nintendo physical because they never drop in price, <laughs> uh, but everything else I kind of just get digitally. So um, it's gonna be interesting to see how this works, like for companies and stuff. Are they gonna get bullied into not doing it? Are they gonna do it anyway? Um, you know, like the $70 thing just happened. Like Sony was like, this is the new standard and everyone kind of adopted to it. Uh, even though there was a lot of backlash from, you know, everyone else, but no one, yeah. they didn't listen. So, um, I wonder if they're going to be more lean with the disc stuff. Um, because you know, yeah, a lot of people like to buy the disc. People like to go to like Walmart or Target and just like, all right, I'm going to get a game, just going to buy it. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and there you go. So, um, yeah, I wonder how that's really gonna affect, like, sort of like the gaming ecos- ecosystem at this point, you know? Because yeah. I mean, we had this discussion so many times <laughs> with the digital versus physical. You know, it's been a hot-button topic.
0: Yeah, I mean, it would be it would be wild if they release Starfield into retail stores and then they buy it and like it's just a it's fucking just a, box you know yeah, it's a and piece of it, paper in it, yeah, yeah it just comes with that piece of paper and i think the main reason why i'm so concerned about you know just the whole digital society is because especially in america we're not ready for it you know most yeah. most areas even within new york uh, you're gonna have one internet provider and if they're fucking terrible then that's all you have most places don't have options where they can go to different providers and choose different internet services based on how they are and you know i'm lucky enough to you know be able to choose what internet service i want and because of that you know i get pretty decent speeds so when i do have to download a game on my computer or my playstation or whatever it doesn't take that long but i know that there's some areas especially when this happened with covid with like people having to do school online like people were having trouble going to their zoom classes and everything like that because there's fucking no internet so i think that once we get i guess better internet and you know the these companies are you know stop being fucking greedy and just offer people good service and good internet, then I think we'll be able to embrace the whole digital gaming stuff because you know, it it fucking takes a while to download these games.
1: Yeah, especially when they're like 100 like something gigabytes you know like i'm lucky to have really good internet connection but like i know not everyone does especially if you live like more like in the midwest or whatever in the united states like you know i know internet's not as good over there um if you just can't afford better internet if you're not Mm -hmm. wired you know there's like a lot of different situations where like just downloading games could take like a whole last day for some people um and like I mean, I'm happy that games are starting to do preloads now. That's really nice. So you could like mm-hmm. download the two days before or something. But it, it you know, it's still like a lot, especially because you know, storage is also expensive and mm-hmm. a lot of these consoles need SSDs now. Same thing with like even if you're on PC, you need like an SSD for some of these games now. And the you know, SSDs one aren't cheap, and two, you need a lot of room on that SSD for some of these games, you know? So um, yeah, it's just you know it's like a lot, and I I know some people are still gonna just prefer physical. So um, yeah, hopefully we don't go down this route. Even though if I'm you know I mostly lean towards digital at this point because I'm lazy to <laughs> go mm-hmm. outside. Yeah. Um, it, it's still like it, I know it won't be healthy for like the, you know, overall like like gaming space. You know, so yeah, yeah.
0: You know, it is it is definitely a good thing that you know these games sit on retail shelves so people and you know. Uh, parents kids whatever can buy those games without having to you know go through the hoops of you know taking out your credit card and putting it into the you know store marketplace and make sure that you don't check it off for save you know card or whatever so you know there's definitely a lot of reasons why you know parents and you know people still go buy physical and you know just because i have ownership of my shit you know what can i say and you know if the you know push comes to shove that you know we do become a whole digital thing then so be it you know like i don't mind using Spotify and all of those other things for my music because, you know, owning music is kind of like, you're really, really old if you're still doing that, uh, which I only do for, like, certain albums and whatnot, but that's a whole other topic.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Uh, well, I guess for more Xbox news, because, you know, Bethesda. Uh, mm-hmm. Xbox was uh, in talks to acquiring Bungie and Sega to bolster Game Pass library. So, yeah, they were, like, in the talks. Again, this, like, FTC... Document basically says, like, it just spelled a lot of like T on everyone, I guess. Like, it (laughs) is, they just are unveiling so many like secrets and stuff. But, um, yeah, Microsoft was interested in getting Bungie, which is funny because you know, Bungie was with Microsoft, then they went to Activision, and now, but then now they went to Sony, so yeah, Bungie was everywhere. But, um, Sega was a pretty interesting one, especially now because, um, Sega has a very good relationship with Xbox, even now, like, you know, uh, they show a lot of their games first on Xbox, like. They, you know, they all their thing, like a lot of the Persona, the recent Persona trailers, because, you know, um, Sega owns Atlas, um, mm-hmm. you know, they showed like, the Xbox logo first. And it's so weird because I always associate Persona with PlayStation more than Xbox. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, yeah, they, they're, they have really good relationships with Xbox. And yeah, they were thinking about buying them and stuff. Um, and uh, yeah, that would be crazy. Like, I, I feel like these acquisitions are like, we're up to a point where I don't know if they're going to be, like, beneficial to, like, anyone if everyone keeps owning everything. Because then, yeah. you know, everyone's under the thumb of, like, three people, right? And it just mm-hmm. have mega monopolies of people. Um, you know, I think it's good that we have independent, you know, AA, AAA studios like Square, uh, Sega, um, Capcom. You know, I think it's good that they stay independent because, you know, they could do their own thing and not, like, solely owned by one person. Because, you know, I feel like it could, you know, hamper their development and just change how they would do things if they weren't owned by a big like publisher or, um, you know, developer and stuff. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I feel like, I think we're at a point where we should stop <laughs> acquisitions. Cause I feel like <laughs> it will be too much. Like, you know, yeah. if, like Capcom gets bought out. I feel like that'd be kind of a big thing. Cause you know, Capcom has been doing good by themselves right now. Uh, square that will also be weird if like Sony bought them and stuff. So yeah, I don't mm-hmm. know. I-, I feel like now it's like, we should like chill out with the uh, acquisitions.
0: Yeah. I mean, Xbox especially, you know, they have been trying to get their foot ahead of... PlayStation for so long and so many years, you know, Game Pass is good, and you know they're very friendly with PC. But people aren't necessarily buying Xboxes because of their exclusives, because everything's on PC or whatever the case is. And I think that with the whole acquisition idea, yeah, it it, it is definitely getting a little out of hand. I think it would have been crazy if they did acquire Sega. I think that that would have been like an insane thing to happen because now you got Sonic going to be exclusive on Xbox consoles potentially, and you got Persona games potentially being exclusive to those as well and it is it would just be a scary and kind of crazy world to live in not just because you know i like them on playstation but also because i think a lot of their audiences play on playstation just because when you look at areas like japan people don't people don't buy xboxes you know because uh people like the playstation consoles a lot better and reasonably so and i think that uh it's it's good to have good relationship with these companies. Like, you know, for example, Sega has a lot of games on Game Pass, and, you know, they're boosted yeah. for like 60 FPS and all of this other stuff. But I think that them owning sega i think that that would be a little bit too much it's sort of like the same story of when they try to buy nintendo and, and they sort of got laughed at the door so i think that uh them partnering with sega you know maybe them maybe even publishing a few games or whatever timed exclusives and whatnot i think that that's healthy i think that that is fine but when you sort of own them and you, you sort of have you know control over what they can and can't do i think that that might be a, a step too far
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, I I agree with you because Square does the same thing. Like, you know, they're very, like, they're very with, like, Sony. Like, you know, they would Mm -hmm. release, like, 16 as a PlayStation exclusive for, like, a few months. Uh, Same thing with, like, 7 Remake and stuff. Um, But, you know, I think they could also be, like, oh, like, Square also goes with Nintendo. Like, you know, they could kind of choose where they want to go to have exclusives Mm -hmm. and stuff. I think that's fine. You know, it helps, you know, it helps the developers. It helps the, you know, the Sony and stuff or Nintendo because they sell consoles and it will help them... You know, fund the games they're making. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, everybody I think that's eats
0: in that regard.
1: Yeah, I, everyone's like well compensated at that point. I just feel like when you acquire them, it's kind of like a whole different story. And mm-hmm. I feel like it's just hard to acquire so many studios and make sure they're all doing what they're doing right. Like, I feel like Sony like has the right amount studios at this point like I feel like oh they like rotate through their big AAA games pretty regularly and I think that's fine Nintendo does the same thing except Nintendo is more like the all in most of the uh, yeah most of the time the in-house you know like they mm-hmm. do like Splatoon, Animal Crossing, Mario, Zelda you know that's all in-house stuff and it would just rotate like whatever's coming out each year um, and then you know they have the other studios for metroid and stuff and xenoblade um well microsoft is kind of just a mess because they have so <laughs> many studios but like they don't really have a good rotation going on like yeah mm-hmm. like starfield is coming out which is like cool but um we don't know what the next big game is going to be like we still don't know when fable is coming out <laughs> so like yeah. and that that was announced like at least like two three years ago at this point so um yeah i feel like microsoft like just chill on the acquisitions and instead just focus on having that good quality like Experience, you know, that I think mm-hmm. Sony and Nintendo has really already nailed for a while. So um yeah, I feel like you know it's just you know more doesn't equal better. You know, you know the same. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so
0: <laughs> More is less. Uh, yeah, more is less. But also within the regards of like everyone owning everything, like imagine if you know everyone was under either Xbox or PlayStation, uh, the games are gonna start looking the same to a certain extent. Because yeah. like Sony, Sony's getting there. You know, like a, a bunch of their AAA games have have been open world games you know they have been big massive open world story driven games because it worked so well with the last of us so that they started pumping out all of these other ones with horizon zero dawn and everything like that so you know it is it is looking to be you know also wary of like where this is going as well so um you know, having having the smaller double A, even single A studios, you know, just doing their own thing, creating their own ideas. That's also good for the ecosystem. So, you know, Microsoft, you know, I know I know you're trying to get ahead, but I think you should work with what you got right now and then see where it goes from there. Because, you know, they have been they've been fumbling the bag ever since they they announced the uh, Xbox one was going to be, you know, no use games and everything like that. And then they <laughs> sort of fell off the face of the earth
1: Yeah. in terms it's of the console be.
0: war. Anyways, you know, with the console war, people are still talking about that.
1: Yeah, it's crazy how Xbox like the top of the world, with the 360, and then like they uh, just keep falling. So <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's crazy to see that that happen because you know yeah. when we were younger, it's like the 360 was like the shit. So mm-hmm. uh, now it's not. <laughs> people just get PlayStation. So yeah, mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> and you know it is what it is. <laughs> yep. All right, moving on from there, apparently sources are saying that Assassin's Creed publisher, they are remaking Black Flag, the pirate one, aka Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag. That game came out, I think literally a year after Assassin's Creed 3, which is kind of crazy. Uh but yeah, Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag. Uh this was a launch title for the Wii U. I still remember that. <laughs> oh, um, that's such a
1: random fact to bring up. Yeah. <laughs>
0: uh but also, you know, it came out uh during the era when, you know, it was the PS3 and Xbox 360, but it was also coming to the PS4 and Xbox Xbox One so you know it was definitely during that that time of uh, sort of gaming and whatnot but people really did like this game I actually have another random ass story I bought this on the Wii U at Best Buy, and I uh, I actually wanted to exchange it for the PS4 version or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but because I bought the Wii U version when it was on sale, uh, along with all of the other ones. But because the sale ended, they wanted me to pay like extra like twenty, thirty dollars, and I was like, "Not nah, fuck that, whatever." <laughs> um, and I still haven't played uh, Black Flag uh, despite all of that shenanigans that was happening. But uh, yeah, you know, this is the uh, sort of open world pirate game that they did with the Assassin's Creed series, a uh, fan favorite from my understanding. Uh, But yeah, you know, if they're they're remaking it, I mean, do what you got to do. I think that uh, some people brought up the comment of like they're sort of running out of ideas. And that is sort of sort of true to a certain extent. Um, The game is kind of old at this point. It's going to be 10 years old. So if they can remake it and, you know, add new mechanics, you know, actually like do some stuff with it and not just, you know, make it shinier, make it prettier then you know, I think that this remake may be warranted.
1: Yeah, I mean, my theory is... Well, I mean, one, my, my brother loves Black Flag. Apparently, it's really good, so that's mm-hmm. cool. Um, but my theory is since, like, you know, Black Flag came out, and, you know, a lot of people like the pirate mechanics, and then they made Skull and Bones, and that game went through, like, goddamn development hell. still not out yet. <laughs> um, and this is my idea. was, like, uh, we could just remake this. Like, we could remake Black Flag with the new mechanics we made for Skull and Bones and recoup costs for Skull and Bones because that game <laughs> is going to be dead on arrival. So that's, like, my weird, con- like conspiracy theory with like why this is even happening because if you're going to do a remake train of Assassin's Creed why not do one first it's kind of weird to do Black Flag first so it it makes like zero sense to me Um, so that's kind of my running theory there because Skull and Bones is such a goddamn mess right now Uh, you know Ubisoft in general is kind of just on fire so um it, that that's my only reason why they're, they're doing a remake of this game, because there's no way they wouldn't just start from the beginning, right? Like, they wouldn't mm-hmm. just do Assassin's Creed 1, and then like 2, because 2 is very popular, you know, with Ezio and stuff, and do all the Ezio stuff. Um, but, yeah, they're just doing 4, which is weird. So, um, <laughs> yeah, that, that's kind of my theory on that. But, hey, if, you know, I know a lot of people like Black Flag a lot, and, you know, it looks like a good resurgence of classic uh, Assassin's Creed games again, then I'm sure Assassin's Creed fans are eating good right now with, uh, you know, Mirage, or whatever that one, the new one is. Called called in this one like returning to its roots then um yeah if you were sick with the open world like really open world assassin creed games then you got these now so good for you <laughs> <laughs> all right so next we got a new avatar game so avatar the last aaron bender quest for balance uh i believe this is gonna be out for everything yeah it's gonna be out for everything Yeah, including um, last generation yeah including last generation so ps4 ps5 xbox uh one xbox Series x and all that uh steam switch um, it's a new Nickelodeon game made by Game Mill. I think did they make the, uh, play, the Nickelodeon All-Stars. they made, All-stars?
0: Uh, they made no, the, they? uh, the, uh, Nicktoons Kart Racers.
1: Oh, the <laughs> Nicktoons Kart Racers. Okay. So yeah. So when I first saw this trailer, I, I'm like, oh, the environments look pretty good. Like, I'm like, okay, maybe this is actually gonna be a pretty decent Avatar game. And then, you know, they show the character models and the animations and it looks super stiff and super awkward. Like there's a moment where Toph is like carrying a rock, and she's just, like, T-posing looking at it, and then it, like, <laughs> flies away. So, um, yeah, it's definitely budget, and it definitely looks like a Wii game, uh, but who knows? Maybe it could be kind of fun. I feel like if they budget it right. If it's, like, a $20, $30 game, maybe it could be a good time, but um, just judging by this IGN video where the trailer was uploaded, you know, it has, like, half a million views, but only, like, eight like likes so that's a pretty bad <laughs> like to to the view <laughs> ratio there so uh and just from the comments it looks like a lot of people aren't happy so um yeah i would still like a really proper avatar game i think there's room in the world for a really good one um you know i think the core game was pretty fun for what it was i know people shout on that game too which i don't know why cuz it was like a it was an xbox arcade game like i don't know what people were really expecting for it and i thought the combat was like really fun for what it was um, this game looks more like in that sort of vein, but looks like it's going to be, you know, more expansive and stuff. But, um, yeah, uh, it still looks like not the avatar game people were hoping for. Uh, mm-hmm. but hopefully this could open the way for better games and stuff. I just feel like Nickelodeon is really cheap with the games in general. Like you yes. have great ideas. Um, like you know, with the Nickelodeon All Stars Brawl, like I feel like it had good ideas. It just needed way more money, and Nickelodeon was just not giving it to them. Um, and same thing, the same way with this game. Like it seems like they really want to make something ambitious, but it's like nah, you're getting like uh, like two dollars to make it. So like good luck. <laughs> um, so that's a little unfortunate. But yeah, it's coming out if people are you know want to play it.
0: Yeah, I mean, it looks like within the same vein and the same style of the old Avatar games that came out on the PS2 and all that stuff. Yeah, uh, when the show was airing and you know we're getting that just on current generation consoles so I wonder how this is going to play out but yeah I mean I'm kind of excited for it it looks it looks like it can be at least like a fun time to just like re-experience the Avatar story once again uh, even if the game looks a little janky and looks a little funny um, I think that this can still be a fun time overall um, I'm not saying that it's going to be within the same vein of like the, the like Naruto Ultimate Ninja games but it looks like that just like a step below it um, so I think that that could still be be pretty fun um but yeah definitely like not the avatar game people really want especially since because people have been wanting like an open world like avatar the last airbender game where you could like explore every single nation you know go and do like missions or whatever uh fly on app uh appa uh, uh, A- and shit like that so i think that you know th- For this game, you know, it's gonna be a stepping stone. I think uh, Viacom, the uh, the people that own Nickelodeon, I think that they are very stingy when it comes to their uh, video games because they're just like, oh, you know, it's just you know for kids or whatever. But like, I think that. they should realize that, hey, you know, like there's a lot of adults that play video games and especially people that really like Avatar now because the show came out in, yeah, like the like, early 2000s. I was so. going to say,
1: it's like 15, 70 years old at this point. Like, no kid is playing Avatar at this point. <laughs> at least I don't think so. Not until they like, showed a new series. So okay.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, hopefully uh, the game does decent enough uh, but we'll see when reviews come out and how that'll change. But this is multiplayer. You can play online and couch fuck? co-op. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, like yeah. It so you can play it with uh, one other person which is pretty cool i think that that is like a very unique aspect of it so hey you know if you want to show you know like your little cousin avatar you can have them play the game with you so i think that that can be a lot of fun
1: that's pretty cool i I did not know that (laughs)
0: uh next bit of news we got here is metal gear solid master collection will require a controller for the pc version there will be no mouse and keyboard support uh so yeah this is pretty weird pretty strange um i think that there are probably other games on steam that do the same exact thing but for a you know i feel like for most pc players when they get a pc version of it they want to be able to you know mess with the graphics they want to be able to mess with the settings and everything like that and on top of that possibly play with mouse and keyboard and the fact that this isn't supporting that i think it's just them being like we're just going to put the games on here and then we're just not going to touch anything else. You know, you you probably can't even mess with the graphics all that much or anything like that, which is going to be a shame because I think that that is like one of the, one of the biggest sort of, pulling points uh for people to get stuff on pc is that hey you can like customize it and like do what you want with it a lot more than you would on a console uh but you know mouse and keyboard support uh you know not being there i think that that's just them also being like we don't want to mess with that we don't want to you know sort of have a control scheme with mouse and keyboards and everything like that they want to quote unquote keep the experience authentic uh to those that are going to play on pc but even then you're going to be playing with some random controller xbox and whatnot so
1: yeah, I, I always feel like there should <clears> this <throat> should be like PC controls with these games. Like I know it's probably like a lot more work because mm-hmm. a lot of these games weren't you know they were made for like PS2 and stuff, so they didn't feel like doing it. Um, but I, I feel like some attempt probably should have been made to make them work with you know mouse and keyboard. Because yeah, if you if you buy a game on Steam and then you just like oh you just can't play it now um obviously it's you know it's a difference was like oh the game is better with a controller which is fair like I, i'm yeah. pretty sure these metal gear games are better with controllers but i think everyone should have the option to pick what they want especially if it's going to release on pc you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. so that's like if you like come out with a game on playstation it's like oh you can't play with a controller you gotta plug in a mouse and keyboard it's like where the fuck are gonna get that so <laughs> um yeah i feel like it's only fair that you know they were allowed mouse and keyboard support in that case um but the the collection is looking pretty good. Like it does seem like to have a a lot of content, you know, for Gear fans. Uh I'll probably pick it up cuz you know, it is a series I do want to play through at some point. Yeah. Um it's definitely but yeah, but-
0: the most convenient way to play these games again.
1: Yeah, especially when they do Volume Two, because uh, I believe it was when I leaked that No Gear Solid Four was supposed to be on there, and that yes. thing has been stuck in PS3 hell for like <laughs> ever. So that's gonna be cool to actually like have that game to not be on PS3. Because uh, yeah, there's so many games in PS3 hell that I would love to get out of there. So, <laughs> but um, yeah, it, I mean, it sucks for PC players. Hopefully they do like fix that, or maybe there, there could be a mod for it. Would uh, surprise yeah. me. Um, you Know that that's a good thing about if games that kind of broken on PC, modders just come in and fix that shit like instantly, which is <laughs> insane. So, uh, you know, always got to thank the modders for that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so next we got uh, Marvel Spider Man 2, you know, the game would be at San Diego Comic Con. So, uh, I don't know if they're going to be showing anything too major. I think like, they, I
0: they actually just announced what they're going to do. I think that they're going to have the voice cast on there and just let me uh, okay. the, the tweet real quick. Yeah, so they literally just tweeted out like 40 minutes ago, let's get Simbi. Symbiotic or Through It to Announce Marvel Spider-Man 2 will be at San Diego Comic-Con 2023. Catch our panel, Symbiotic Relationships featuring Insomniacs and actors and, and actors from the game in Hall H on Thursday, July
1: 20th. All right, so Alex like this is going to be like, you know, the standard panel stuff like probably just going to talk about like, you know, uh do the funny voice so like what how did you come up with this a gameplay idea and stuff like Mm -hmm. that you know usual panel stuff usually don't like reveal too much big stuff but we will probably get a funny clip or two or something (laughs) so um yeah will be interesting if you want if you're just really hungry for spider-man 2 news Uh, you know, it's going to be coming out soon, October 20th, you know, same day as Mario. So (laughs) a lot of things coming out October. I'm not, I'm looking forward to it and not looking forward to it. So
0: yeah. Yeah. It's definitely going to be an interesting time, but yeah, I mean, I think that uh, them having a presence at San Diego comic-con is pretty cool. uh, Just because, you know, Marvel MCU stuff is not going to be there, but you know, this game, everyone's fucking excited for it. If you have a PS five, you got to be excited for this game because there's literally nothing else coming out later this year, as far as I can remember. But you know, Um, Them, them having like you know insomniac there and having the actors there and probably asking them questions that they're likely gonna know before they get on stage but you know just giving us more insight as to like what's in store for this game and maybe what it was like working on this game and everything like that i think that that's still like a lot of fun and really nice details to know before going into it Um, especially for like super fans like us that are, you know, very, very excited about this and want to see, you know, how it all came to be and sort of how it was, you know, recording everything like that. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. It's, you know, it's always like, you know, when they just kind of like talk and, you know, just talk their minds and stuff Mm -hmm. and just be like, Hey, this is what's happening. Or like, this is how we came up with this and stuff. I always think that's pretty interesting. Um, Usually, I think, like, you know, like, actual Comic-Con panel is always just kind of, like, meme fest, so that, you know, that's always yeah. fun as well. <laughs> but I actually really like the, you know, the game conference, like, stuff, like, GDQ like or whatever, and, uh, you know, all that stuff, like, uh, you know, that, that one is when you get really behind the scenes of, like, games and stuff, but uh, the, cam- like, Comic-Con panel is always, like, yeah, we're we're just having fun, so, yeah.
0: <laughs> Alright, so next bit of news we got is The Last of Us Part 3 details a leak. So these are apparently what's going to happen within The Last of Us Part 3 uh, as they are looking to start filming soon. Uh, but it looks like that we are going to follow a new group of scavengers, a group of five, uh, and they all have their own names. I'm not going to list them out for you but they're between the ages of 18 to 25 and Ellie will once again return she'll have a similar role as she did within The Last of Us Part 2 and I'm just gonna assume that they're gonna split the groups again and sort of we're gonna meet within the middle and something's gonna happen Um, that's my best guess uh, but I'm sure that Neil Druckmann has some big genius idea that he's gonna sort of maybe change it around maybe have a switch between the E2 a lot more often Uh, maybe we'll actually fall in love with these scavengers and actually you know be invested with them because that was a huge complaint with people that played part 2 where it was like we don't give a fuck about Abby you know she did X thing and you know we don't like her yada 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 but you know i think that the last of us as a series has always been about what is actually right and what's actually wrong and you know everyone sort of follows within this gray area within the series and the e franchise you know no one actually does anything that's 100% right and no one does anything that's 100% wrong either you know you can always argue for one side or the other which you know was a very interesting conversation when the hbo show ended when fucking joel killed all those people in the hospital it was like oh shit uh he was the good guy right like shit
1: (laughs) yeah it's uh you know it's gonna be interesting you know i know the series is like some people don't want to continue some people want new characters at this point or just like you know not to just make a new ip and move on but Mm -hmm. um you know, I guess they're not done with the series just yet. You know, they got to make like at least four games until they're done. That's usually what they do. Uh, we still need their the Last of Us Kart Racer, you know, so we're still missing <laughs> that. But um, yeah, in all seriousness, you know, I still haven't played Last of Us Part Two just yet. You know, I'm kind of of waiting if there are like i don't know I, there was rumored there was supposed to be like a ps5 edition with some new stuff and i don't want to like start playing through it and then they start doing that I'm like, all right I'll, I'll, whatever i'll just wait <laughs> at this point um but yeah uh I, you know i'm interested to see how it goes because i know last of us 2 is very controversial with yes. a lot of the story decisions and stuff and you know a bunch of other reasons so um it's gonna be interesting how naughty dog sort of approaches those criticisms if they care at all like it seems like they don't care as much. Like They say, we're just going to keep doing what we do. And, you know, I mean, if they want to stick to their guns, they're going to stick to their guns. Because, you know, Nardog is sort of the pioneer of this really cinematic, like, sort of, like, movie game, I guess, as people like to call them. You know, more like yeah. just, you go through a thing, you have fun, you do the set pieces and stuff. Uh, I, I didn't, like, invent it. But, like, they're definitely the ones that, like, modernized it and made it, like, really popular. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how Last of Us 3 sort of addresses those criticisms or just don't at all. <laughs> so yeah. I guess we'll see. Um, cause, um, you know, Naughty dog, I think has always been such a golden child for like gaming. And last of us Two was such a big, like divider t- to, a lot of, you know, a lot of people like, Oh, Naughty mm-hmm. Dog doesn't have it anymore. Or, you know, what's going on here. So, um, you know, I know, yeah. I guess we'll see. Because God, that was such a fucking mess to go through that, that <laughs> discourse. I, I didn't even play the fucking series at that point. I was just like, damn, man, it's, it's just such a <laughs> toxic environment. It was so bad. So not looking forward to that again. But, uh, you know, if you love Last of Us, then yeah, you, we got more on the way.
0: Yeah, I mean, when you just have so many people that are following this series just because of Joel and Ellie and because they're so likable and they're so, you know, good characters to just watch and see what they do and then you know part two comes out which was like a lot of people's most anticipated game of that year especially since it was 2020 you know when like everything was shut down and this was like their one thing that was like you know probably gonna save them from like going insane and then You know, some people lost it all and they fucking went online and, you know, they were having rants and everything like that. But, you know, all things considered, you know, The Last of Us Part 2 was successful enough to, you know, spawn the HBO series and for them to uh, even remaster The Last of Us Part 1 again. So, you know, this franchise has made them so much money. It would it would be. Dumb for them to let go of it right now, especially since because some people actually do want a part three, you know, I'm one of those people that are like, you can end it with part two, not because of like the decisions that was made within part two, but because I felt like the story ended you know i felt like that that was like a solid conclusion i mean i felt the same way with uh uncharted 3 and then we get uncharted 4 and that was a fucking banger so maybe i could be wrong here maybe neil Druckmann has a better ending for ellie and her character within part three and you know whatever happens happens but you know if these if these uh sort of leaks are true then i'm all for it but you know like I, as always we'll just have to wait and see
1: uh give me Jack and daxter 4 thank you Uh, (laughs) yeah it's okay i know that won't happen all right so more xbox stuff so this is again leaked from the stupid ftc thing so (laughs) xbox believes a ps5 slim is expected to release later this year and that sounds about right because um you know there's already been a lot of rumors about different ps5 models um they're already saying that maybe um 20, like 24 or 2025 is going to be a PS5 Pro as well. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, there's been a lot of rumors about this, but this basically confirms that, yeah, they're at least doing a slim, uh, which is kind of crazy. Actually, it's not that crazy. It's just that. I always feel like there's no point in slims when pros come out because I'm like at that point you would rather yes. just get a pro I guess mm-hmm. slims are, are great for people who didn't buy it in the first place because it's you know is usually cheaper and stuff so might as and well smaller <laughs> and, and smaller I mean the PS5 is pretty beefy like in terms of yeah. size uh, I got nothing would beat the the size of the PS3 like original <laughs> God, Do you thing still have such- that
0: under I your do desk? Uh, it's not under my desk <laughs>
1: anymore I, I I changed it out because I I wasn't all the ratchet clanks went on the playstation um, the streaming <laughs> thing so I'm like, i don't need this here anymore so i put it back on the on the shelf there but um yeah the ps3 like original is so fucking big bro like that <laughs> thing is so large it sounds like a jet engine so yeah. um obviously the ps5 is not that bad like you know it's still pretty large so a slim would be cool i wonder how the design is going to be like i wonder if they're going to change the little v neck thing they got going i feel like that's too mm-hmm. like it's too like PS five to remove that. So um Yeah. I wonder yeah, I wonder how it's gonna look like. Because um usually the slim designs I actually really like. Like, you know, mm-hmm. um the PS2 Slim, that's great. PS3 Slim look really good. Not a super slim, but a regular PS3 <laughs> slim look good. Um but yeah, you know, usually the slim designs have you know, they have good designs. So uh I wonder how it's gonna look. And obviously it's great that it's gonna be probably cheaper and more people could play on the PS five. Uh, I wonder if they're gonna bundle in anything with it, like maybe like God of War or Horizon. I think that'd be a good like way to get people yeah. to like or maybe- play a game more maybe just nothing. like a general
0: voucher for like one of those oh,
1: games yeah that'd be cool as well so you can sort of pick what you want mm-hmm. uh, you know ashaba i think was a great packing game but you know obviously at this point you want something a bit meatier than that so um mm-hmm. that'd be interesting to see what they do here um obviously i won't be getting it i'll probably just wait either for a pro if i really want it or just yeah. wait until the ps6 at this point i didn't really <laughs> feel like i needed a ps4 pro so we'll see how i feel about a ps5 pro but yeah. uh uh, I probably won't. <clears throat> I probably won't bother with it. But um, again, always great for people that don't have a PS5 yet. Uh, I know a lot more people are starting to get it now, so that's good. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I guess we'll see if this is actually true, which it probably is, because you know, I guess Microsoft just has spies in like, so many offices, <laughs> I guess. So <laughs> I guess we'll see.
0: Yeah, Microsoft doesn't give a fuck. Everything
1: with this no, FCC
0: thing, they're just like, we're just going to leak everything. Fuck everyone. All right. So yeah, I mean, if a PS5 something does happen, that's good. I mean, I'm also one of those people that didn't get a PS4 Pro. I had a PS4 when it came out the year after, I believe, or something like that. Um, but I never had the sort of, Want to get a pro because I was just like, what does it even do? What it makes the games better, it runs them better. All right, whatever. You're like, the games will still run, right? Then it's fine. <laughs> uh, but I think, I think a slim model is definitely like a nice touch just because, like you said, more people can buy it at a cheaper price. Uh, and if it is the one with the disk drive, I think that that can be good as well. And you know, I think that the size of the console is also like a big thing as well. Because when I got my PS5, I was like, "Where the fuck am I gonna put this thing?" Because okay. it is just so big and so massive. And I think that uh, to anyone that has it stand up without like barriers next to it, you're kind of trolling. Because yeah. uh, you know, having consoles stand up within uh, 2023, in my opinion, is a little dangerous. Especially since if you knock it over and, and you got a disc in yeah. there, I don't, I don't think it'll get all scratched up like the C 60 days. But still, I get, I get concerned about that stuff. But um. My we yeah. fell so
1: many times. <laughs> <laughs>
0: But yeah, I mean, you know, the uh, slim models are always very, very cool. I actually had both PlayStation 3 slim models. So that was how I first got my PS3 with the uh, with the original slim because I think it came out years and years later after the PS3 came out because yeah. I don't know why it just took them so long to just like figure out like, hey, we just can't have backwards compatibility. We'll just, you know, just like get rid of that and then we'll release this slim model. And I was like literally obsessed with that thing. I was like looking at like the fucking IGN unboxing video like 20 times over and then my dad got it for me I mean- for. Uh, Christmas.
1: Yeah, you had a 360 first, right? Like, you didn't get yeah. a PS3 when it came out? Yeah. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I got a PS3 when that came out because Ratchet. <laughs> yeah. <So, laughs> yeah I was like, yeah. I follow where he goes. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I got a then, 360 uh, way later. Yeah.
0: And then, for some reason, my, uh, my original PS3 slim that I had for like years and years and years, for some reason, like, when I would put the disc in, and then when I would try to take it out, it just wouldn't come out sometimes. And I was just yeah. like, that's a little concerning. So then I went to a uh, plane trade and bought uh, right before they fucking closed. I don't know when they closed after I bought that, but that was the last thing I bought from that location. Uh, but yeah, I got the Super SuperStorm for like $60 or something yeah, that's like that. Good. L- Less than 100 But I was just like, yeah, I just want to make sure that I have like a PS3 that I can... Use and also return if it happened to not work because I don't want to yeah. buy one on eBay or whatever. And then you know go through all that stuff if, if it happens to not work and you don't fucking DK oldies, whatever. But um, yeah. Yeah, you know, uh, some models are always very, very good uh, just because you're going to have more options, more sort of systems to buy and choose from. And, you know, that's exactly why the Nintendo Switch is never fucking out of stock anymore, because if you want one really, really bad, there's always going to be the light. You know, no one's buying that shit because people want that option to plug it into the TV. And then even with that, you have the the original switch and then you have the OLED. So,
1: yeah, it's, um, you know. Is always good for more Xboxes. uh, I mean, (laughs) PS5s to be out there. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Moving on from there, we got... uh, We were alluding to this earlier, but the Flash movie is doing really fucking bad. It is doing (laughs) god-awful. It is the biggest flop of of, uh, Warner Brothers. Uh, They have not been able to recoup their costs whatsoever. Apparently, it cost them 200 mil just to make it, and then uh, I think that also includes advertising or whatever, and they only broke a hundred mil worldwide recently or something like that. Uh, And apparently it's being pulled from theaters now because they obviously were trying to put it in as many theaters within, uh, you know, each, each theater has like a certain amount of screens. And I think the flash was taking on most of them, but there were, there were no seats filling up. So it looks like that they're just going to start pulling it from theaters and then just fucking put it on HBO max. And then, you know, just, just fucking take the L because I know, In my theory, the reason why they did not can this movie or sort of like try to reshoot it or whatever without Ezra Miller is because, you know, they already had all of this merchandise lined up. They already had all of this shit made and everything like that. And especially with Michael Keaton's Batman, you know, you you got all of those uh, nostalgia sort of like figures that can come out with uh, Michael Keaton's Batman uh, but, you know, it came out and, you know, it's it's a fun, enjoyable movie. It's not necessarily the best comic book movie out there. Uh, definitely not the, the, the best one this year with fucking Across the Spider-Verse. but and um, Guardians, like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it definitely is like a fun movie, but I, I could definitely see why it flopped, especially since because, you know, a lot of people don't know about The Flash or really care about this version of The Flash in particular.
1: Yeah, I feel like DC was kind of like, aiming it to be, like, oh, I mean, it kind of was, like, be, like, this, like, Justice League movie at this point, because I feel a lot of the advertising is basically, didn't even show The Flash anymore. Like, it was just, Mm -hmm. like, all about, like, Batman and and Supergirl and stuff. I'm like, (laughs) wasn't this supposed to be, like, a Flash movie or something? So, um, I don't know, I guess it just didn't caught the attention of, like, anyone, which is actually kind of surprising. Like, I thought the movie would do, like, pretty well. Uh, I didn't expect it to bomb as hard as, like, Morbius. Like, that's insane <laughs> to me. Mostly because, like, more people, even though Flash isn't as, you know, well-known to sound like Batman or uh, Superman or whatever, you know, I expected him to do better than Morbius. <laughs> so, um... Yeah. But, yeah, I guess no one really wanted to watch it at all. Um... I mean, like, I kind of, like, I was on the fence about it. Like, I was probably going to watch it, maybe. Because, like, you know, the, like, James Gunn was like, it's the best fucking thing ever. And then, like, whatever. <laughs> like, all right, maybe. And then all the reviews came out. It was just kind of like, it's okay. I'm like, ah, I won't bother. Uh, and it seems like everyone else agreed with me because no one else bothered with yeah. it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. It still seems like the DCU is in, is in such a bad place. And I, I thought it was supposed to, be, like, reboot it, right? Isn't this, like, the reboot yeah. button for it? So- uh
0: which, you know, it. It Did to some extent, but not really. Um, yeah, but yeah. I mean, like Fandango also was doing like that buy one get one I offer. Saw it, yeah, which I thought was so fucking funny. I was just like, yeah, they are so desperate to get seats in in there, which is understandable. Uh, you know, they were they were fucking you know pulling pulling from under the rug kind of thing or whatever the saying is. They looking for scraps pretty much they were trying to get as much as money as they could from people as possible but people people didn't invite
1: yeah it's i've never seen a movie did like a buy one get one free like ever in my life so (laughs) that's funny and Um, if it was
0: it would be on like uh like adam tickets and it would be like a special offer for like a day or something before it came out so
1: yeah so i guess no one really wants to see it which is i guess unfortunate again um it just is what it is uh hopefully the flash <laughs> actor like goes to jail now so we don't have to pretend like <laughs> they were like not a criminal and <laughs> stuff so yeah it's 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 been kind of a mess the whole time like i don't know the whole movie has been such a mess like with the lead up to it the development hell was in and to now like this whole movie was just cursed i'm glad it's just done at this point yeah um so we could just never acknowledge it ever again (laughs) so
0: like they are 100 not going to recoup their costs from blu-ray numbers 4k sales or anything like that because people don't don't really buy that stuff anymore unless they really really like the movie including myself you know like if i see a movie in theaters and i really really like it yeah i'll buy it on blu-ray 4k during black friday i'm not going to buy it when it comes out unless it's spider-verse that's the story <laughs> but uh yeah you know the flash it's, it's doing poorly.
1: <laughs> it's like the third bomb they had yeah like black adam didn't do well shazam did awful and then Flash did even worse like it's yeah. actually insane how how much of a loss streak they've been on it's, it's yeah. insane <laughs> even so.
0: even then black adam has been their best performing movie this year or, uh, that's- or, <laughs> or, or last year i should say anyways so yeah, it is it is a little concerning, you
1: know. It, it, it's just kind of I was talking to my brother about this. It's kind of insane how like almost every movie is like fucking bombing so far. Like I think the only movie that's been doing well is like Spider-Verse. Like everything has been doing yeah. really bad. Like Elemental's did bad. This movie did bad. Indiana Jones is doing bad. I'm like, why is everything doing so awful? I don't know just cuz we we don't want mediocrity. Like we don't want mediocre movies or mm-hmm. theaters are dying as everyone says or whatever. I don't know what's going on, but it's been I think, it's been rough.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's mainly because they put way too much money into these movie That's budgets fair where too. Yeah. where it's like, you know, they're spending however millions of dollars to get Michael Keane to come back, which is understandable, you know, the He's getting the bag, you know, do what you got to do. And then, you know, uh, he he does his thing within the movie. But um, I think that films, especially the ones by those big budget studios like Marvel, DC, etc., where it's like, okay, yeah, we're going to put so much fucking money into this where it's like, are we even going to get? the cost back you know like even with indiana jones like most of those costs came from uh the fucking de-aging cgi and yeah. like was it even worth it because like indiana jones hasn't really been like a iconic movie character in years. Like years even yeah even when they did indiana jones 4 within like 2009 or whatever you know it it probably did well during that time but it's been well over a decade since that, you know, and, uh, you know, obviously they, they, they have brought back the Lego sets for Indiana Jones and everything like that, but that, that, but even then is, is that even like worth it? Is that even going to like get all of their money back? And it's probably not, you know, and the only reason Spider-Verse is like profitable is because, you know, they had, well, for one thing, it's animation uh animation is not necessarily a cheaper medium but i think that they don't have to spend so much on like getting people to like voice stuff or whatever you know like they don't have to use as much money on that a lot of their budget i hope i fucking hope because you know that that whole news story came out where they were overworking people or whatever yeah. but i hope most of that budget went to you know paying the fucking artists to make the movie look as good as it was and then you know the other half can go to you know every everyone else with, like the voice actors and the producers the uh sort of uh, People that do the soundtrack and everything like that, but yeah, it's mainly because studios are putting way too much money into these movies just to not even get the return back.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Like, I feel like that's the problem with a lot of media nowadays. Is like they spend mm-hmm. so much money on like on everything that they need to sell like a bajillion copies or <laughs> sell like a bunch of tickets to make their money back. And I just feel like it's not sustainable at this point. So yeah, um yeah, I really and this goes for like games too. Like, I feel like games should also like not like cost so much money to make at this point. Like you know just. Lower it down a bit, you know. I think people still like a fifth game <laughs> if it's not like a bajillion dollars and you don't need to sell like a million copies. So yeah. yeah, it's 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 kind of a mess. <laughs> but um, speaking of DC stuff, uh, we got Superman. We got the new Superman castings for Superman Legacy. We have David Cornsweat yes. <laughs> as Superman <laughs> and Rachel Boshana, <laughs> I think that's how Bosnian, you say it. Bosnia. I some, yeah, something as, like that. Um, as Lois Lane. Sorry we're for butchering your names. <laughs> we're yeah, fucking it up. <laughs> we're we are butchering those names, but, um, you know, just from their pictures, you know, the, uh, Superman looks like Henry Cavill. Like, he looks like a, young, a younger Henry Cavill. So, um, you know, if that's mm-hmm. what they were going for, I think they nailed it and Lois Lane, you know, she's, <laughs> looks like Lois Lane, I guess, like White Okay. <laughs> <laughs> So, good job. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, but uh, I think the Superman looks, like, pretty, like, spot on about, like, how Superman looks, you know? Like, Henry Cavill looked like Superman, because, yeah, he, that's what Superman looks like. So, um, you know, just from looks alone, yeah, he, he looks like Superman to me. Uh, in terms of, like, actually acting and stuff, I don't really know yet. I guess we'll see. I get, I'm not too attached to, like, Superman as a character, like, at mm-hmm. all. So, um, you know, I'm hoping James Gunn could really make me interested in the character, because I think... That's something James Gunn is really good at is writing really good characters and like making me really care about people I've never heard of before or people that I, I have heard of before but don't really care for. So um hopefully he's able to write, you know, Superman really good. But uh I guess we'll see whenever the first trailer comes out and when the movie comes out as well.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, James Gunn, uh everything about this process of doing the Superman movie has been kind of documented and leaked, which is unfortunate. Yeah. Um, but you know, I guess these two were in the main running and I guess the screen tests were uh, proved to be, you know, satisfactory for him to be like, all right, these two are going to be, uh, Clark Kent and Lois Lane. And, you know, uh, Mr. David, he does look like a younger Henry Cavill, as everyone has pointed out. And I believe he's been in some movies uh, to show his, obviously, acting chops. And I think those clips that I saw, obviously, I haven't seen those full movies. But, you know, he, he seems to be doing eye right, you know. Um, and uh, what's it called? Rachel Bosnian? Hopefully, I fucking said that yeah. right. <laughs> uh, you know, she wasn't my first pick for Lois Lane. Uh, Emma McKay was rumored to be also within the running. And I think she was She was supposed to be with David uh, corn sweat but it looks like that james gunn liked uh rachel uh as like the pairing or whatever which is fine you know i, I would have just have liked to see uh emma mckay because i really do like her within sex education she does a really really good job and she's gonna be within the new barbie movie uh but you know seeing her within a i guess like a franchise role might have been pretty cool but you know alas you know it was missed but you know, I think that uh, for like just like movies in general, just like knowing about like the casting and, and everything like that, you know, with like leaks and everything, I think it, it would it would be nice if like we didn't know so much. I think that that was like a huge like uh, sort of like. Uh, discussion on twitter where it was like we kind of know like too much about like what's happening with movies these days like we know like literally every single aspect leading up to it i think yeah. that for superman legacy i think that that is like kind of warranted to a certain extent just because like you know superman you know a lot of people still don't really know or really care about him uh which is understandable heck i don't even know much about them but i do know enough to sort of follow along with most superman stuff maybe i'm still like a very casual fan but i definitely want to get into the new uh superman cartoon show which is actually premiering tonight or whatever on uh oh yeah on, yeah, yeah. yeah, on adult swim but it's coming out i think in a few days on hbo max but i'll watch that because it looks it looks like it's gonna be a, a lot of fun so yeah you know, m- maybe uh, superman fans are eating once again uh and i hope that uh this casting proves to be, you know, uh, just just right for James Gunn's version of Superman because, you know, some people, you know, the fucking Snyder fans are all up like, oh, you know, like fuck this so shit, annoying. whatever. <laughs> yeah, no, they are, they are a different breed. I will say that, but um, you know, there have been many different actors who have taken on Superman, and I think that this is just the newest one. And I hope that they do well with whatever James Gunn, as a writer director, has envisioned for this project.
1: Yeah, well, I guess we'll see how it goes and see if how this new D S C U is going to work out. But uh, hopefully the Superman movie is good and it can actually make me, like, give a shit. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, yeah.
0: All right, so next bit of news we got here is Suicide Squad Isakai announcement yeah. trailer. This was <laughs> fuck? so yeah. fucking random, you know, yeah. just like just like with uh, Batman Ninja, that was like the last like Batman anime thing that came out. Now we have a Suicide Squad one, uh, and despite it being titled Suicide Squad, the the trailer mostly just has Joker and Harley Quinn. Uh, my only thing with Joker's design is that he actually has a mouth over yeah. that paint, which is fucking weird. Um, but it is animated by Witch Studios. I think that that is very, very exciting. That's
1: that is, that is very hype.
0: Yeah, that is like pretty cool because I really do like what Witch Studios does and pretty much everything that I watch from them. Obviously, Spy Family is like their biggest newest project, but that was in collaboration with another studio. I forget exactly who they were. Um, it might have been Mappa. I, um, I feel like that that's incorrect, though. But anyways, uh, you know... Which studios, you know, they are making this project. I wonder if they're going to do the same thing that they did with Batman Ninja, where the sub and dub were two completely different movies. So I wonder if they're going to do that again. I doubt it, though. But, you know, I'm excited to see what this Suicide Squad Isekai, uh project has to offer.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, it looks... Like, animation-wise, looks good. Like, Harley Quinn's a waifu, and Joker looks like an edgy <laughs> boy. The <laughs> the freaking mouth-on-the-mouth is kind of dumb. I feel like they could have just made it, like, sharp teeth, and it would have been fine. But that's whatever. Um, and, yeah, they they got Isekai to Fantasyland. they fighting orcs and dragons and shit, <laughs> and it's so weird. I don't know why they're doing that, but, yeah, they just got Isekai, I guess. Um, yeah, definitely an interesting thing. And, you know, when we say, like this is like really anime right because it's like yeah i think like cyberpunk right which is like you're still mm-hmm. in the world it's just like anime now this is like straight up like oh it's anime and they in the izakai i'm like okay we're really going in for it <laughs> so yeah i guess it'll be interesting pretty funny i don't think it's gonna be like that deep or anything but it's gonna be cool yeah. to see um you know uh, obviously there has to be more of the suicide squad here i guess like we, we're just harley quinn and joker right now but yeah. um yeah i mean consider me interested Uh, i wonder who's gonna do the dub voices and stuff like uh i I don't know who's gonna voice joker or harley quinn or anything but um it'll also be pretty entertaining to hear like a japanese joker and harley quinn (laughs) because yeah that'll be funny (laughs) but um yeah i mean yeah it looks good i mean that that's a crazy studio to get to do like these funny things like the only one i heard when cyberpunk was being done by trigger i'm like god damn like they they gave like the big boys to do these like (laughs) projects so um that, that that's really cool um Yeah, I guess we'll see how good it is. (laughs) Um, All right, so next we have the Five Nights at Freddy's movie trailer. So uh, you know, I think we—I speak for both of us, or you know, we don't really care that much for Five (laughs) Nights at Freddy's. True, but uh, you know, we we've been around since it's like Inception, and we we, I've seen I've seen some of the game theory videos. Um, Yeah, but yeah, this looks like it'll be like a fun thing. Uh, It looks very faithful, like the animatronics look really good like they look straight from the game and apparently none of it is cgi um they showed like um behind the scenes things on twitter like someone was wearing the suit and stuff so that's really cool like i'm really glad that they're really committed to like practical effects and stuff because i feel like a movie with five nights at freddy's is like it, it has to rely on that stuff uh since it's like yeah the animatronics are going crazy and stuff and i feel like if it was cgi you would lose a lot of the um of I guess the magic of what makes Five Nights at Freddy's <laughs> good being more of like a low budget type thing but still being like scary and stuff or whatever um, it also like has some more comedic elements I thought it was going to have I guess like, I don't really know what the tone of this movie is going to be I don't even <laughs> know if it's rated R or not uh, I- I'm not sure also it's going to be in theaters and streaming on Peacock October 27th which I did not know uh, yeah. so, I, I, so it's going to be on, on both things um, but yeah I, you know and for someone that doesn't really care for Five Nights at Freddy's, I, I could say as just a casual observer, it looks pretty faithful to, like, the games and stuff. Uh, so that's good. You know, I think a lot of video game movies nowadays are really faithful to the source material. It just depends on how it's written and, like, how it's, like, acted and stuff to be actually good. Because, you know, like, the Mario movie and Sonic movie are not winning any awards, I don't think. But, you know, they were they were fun movies and I think they they had a lot of care for their source material. So hopefully the Five Nights at Freddy's movies is the same way. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't think the movie's rated just yet. I would be kind of crazy if it was rated R. I think it's going to be, like, PG-13. at most, just because So many
1: kids love this shit. Yeah, no,
0: (laughs) kids kids love Five Nights at Freddy's, so it would be really stupid of them if they made it super R-rated for, like, no reason. But, yeah, I mean... like you said, I'm not exactly a huge fan of FNAF, if you will. Yeah. Um, I've watched several of the uh, Game Theory videos until they got too abundant. And I was just like, this lore is getting too fucking crazy for me to like yeah. follow. Um, but yeah, it is definitely like a very interesting sort of series that sort of came out of nowhere and just had all of this random, crazy lore just you know hidden in it. And I'm glad that the animatronics are practical. I feel like practical effects within movies are sort of underrated even though they shouldn't be because I feel like practical is better than CGI 100% of the time just because you're able to actually understand what's happening within the scene right in front of you as opposed to going back and like sort of like trying to like CGI piece it together and you know sometimes it cannot look all that great and it could look a little off but when you have practical effects you know you can see right in front of you like how it'll look on the camera so um yeah you know i think that this trailer gave everyone a much better idea of what this story is gonna be you know this guy sort of seems to be down on his uh sort of luck and you know he just he just needs a fucking job and this is his only job and he has to bring his i guess little sister in uh to sort of uh you know sleep with them because he cannot leave her at home and he's doing this job and obviously the fucking animatronics are doing some weird shit so yeah, it's it's gonna be interesting. There's obviously gonna be jump scares because I feel like what else? What else does Five Nights at Freddy's yeah, has? That's what it's about. Yeah, <laughs> so um, yeah, I think that this will be a fun movie, uh, no matter what. It does look. I'm a, I'm gonna be honest. The first like teaser looked really really good. This trailer looks slightly worse in terms right. of like movie quality. But then again, I'm not expecting like you know like S tier sort of material. I'm I'm looking for like a B B plus at most. You know.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um- yeah, I don't know if they're going to delve into, like, the fucking lore niche. Like, all I, all I know, you got, like, Bite of 87, because that's a meme, Purple mm-hmm. Guy, and, like, the stuffed children and the robots. Like, that's, yes. that's about what I know. <laughs> so, I don't know how deep they get into that. I don't know if that's going to, like, ruin the mystique of the series either. Like, I don't know if, like, you yeah. have to, like, explain it. I don't know. That's up to the FNAF fans to really, like, get into. Uh, I'm sure <laughs> it's going to be a fun time, but... Um, Seems like a perfect Halloween movie as well, coming out during yeah. that time. So yeah, it looks like it's just gonna be a fun movie. So that's yeah. that's all you and can do. And also
0: really the fact that it is coming out on streaming. At the same time I think that is yeah. pretty cool just because like you know, I think that some films are are good for that just because for This one, for example, you know, if you have like a bunch of kids, you know, and you want to take them to see Five Nights at Freddy's, it's like, well, it'd probably be a lot easier to just sit them in the living room, download Peacock, get the subscription for like the month or whatever, and then just watch it like that instead of going to the theater paying like $15, $10 per ticket and then doing it like that. So, you know, I'm glad that they are doing it for this movie in particular because, you know, I think that that it is that it is warranted because they'll probably hopefully recoup most of their costs doing that. Cause this trailer has fucking 18 million views, which is oh, insane. So it's, it's a sure, big series. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure some kids are watching this shit over and over again, just waiting, just waiting for October. So
1: yeah, counting the fucking days. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, next bit of news we got here is Phil Lord and Chris Miller are open to delaying across the spider verse. Uh, so according to their interview with comic book.com, uh, Uh, They said, we won't back into a release date that doesn't fit. We're going to take the time necessary to make that film great. So, yeah, you know, I'm just glad that they are recognizing that, hey, you know, like uh, this is, you know, both movies have been really, really good because they've really taken their time to make sure that, hey, you know, like everything looks good. Everything's done right, correctly. You know, I'm sure they have the story in mind. I'm sure they have the ending that they want for these characters for Miles and Gwen. Uh, But, you know, just like getting it down and getting it right and getting it to the animation levels that uh into the spider verse and across the spider verse have reached for beyond is going to be you know a huge task in it of itself and you know just by that vulture article from you know those those uh ex-employees that were like they're not going to fucking make that march date, which you know i am i'm just waiting for that day when they're like yeah it's delayed to whatever new date that they say even if it is 2025 i will wait <laughs>
1: Yeah, like, you know, we, there was a lot of things going around last week about or the week before, I forget, you know, about, you know, the crunch and them not doing things like in time and they had to do like five different like renders of a thing. You know, mm-hmm. it's really bad news <laughs> all things considered. So I'm happy that they're considering to delay it, which it definitely will be. Um, you know, it sucks that we have to wait more, but I'm You know, it'll suck worse for the people actually working on it. So yeah, I honestly take all the time they need. I I I could wait another five fucking years if it takes, (laughs) as long as as they really nail the ending to this like like really good trilogy so far, or you know duology, Mm -hmm. I guess. Then um, I'll be happy. You know, like just take all the time you need. These movies are fantastic no no reason to rush them at all like just release them when they're ready and I'll, i will be there <laughs> so mm-hmm. um yeah i really i just really don't want them to fumble at like the last minute because you know that's always like the worst thing you could do and you know it's nice to actually give your employees you know rest and like uh, good fair treatment and good <laughs> pay and stuff like that you know no reason to like murder everyone <laughs> over uh over a movie you know so um yeah yeah ho- hopefully things are working out better um you know, during the development of this movie, because apparently it was just like hell to make across the Spider-Verse. So, um, you know, I don't want anyone to go through that just to make a piece of media. Right. So uh, hopefully Beyond the Spider-Verse is just as good as the first two, because, uh, you know, we all want a good movie. So, yeah, mm-hmm. just just delay it. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah.
0: Take your time. Make sure people are getting rest. People are healthy. People are you know being able to have a nice work life balance because i think that that is a thing that a lot of people struggle with even today you know just in general not just within the entertainment industry but just in general i mean i struggle with that stuff sometimes too you know just make sure that people are okay and people aren't fucking crunched and they aren't working 6 days a week for you know 12 plus hours or whatever the case is you know I actually have a normal schedule um and if it doesn't get done that day it can Picked up back uh, the next day or after the weekend or whatever. So, you know, uh, for Beyond the, the Spider-Verse, you know, there's obviously a lot riding on this final movie to, to perform well and do well. And I think everyone, including uh, Lord and Miller, know that, you know, they have to fucking land this. They have to land this and people will people will love them for it. But at the same time, you know, the whole uh, studio thing of them you know taking you know five times to render re-render something over and over again you know that that can be a little tiresome and a little annoying so or maybe not a little very annoying <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> yeah so yeah take the time please i've waited that long for across the spider-verse i will wait just as long i do not mm-hmm. care so yeah just release two answer ravi i i will be there no matter what <laughs> <laughs> so last thing we got here is spy family code white This is a movie. I don't know. Is this an original anime movie? Like, is it not like? So I
0: did some research. It is a original story. I believe the original mangaka is actually supervising the story and also the character designs and everything like that. But this is a brand new original movie for the Spy Family series.
1: Yeah, so that's really cool. I mean I, I've been so behind on anime recently. I have not <laughs> I have not watched like any anime for the past like year because so many games have been Same. coming out and like you know, obviously like the standard work in school stuff, but uh all my media time has been spent on video games because this year has been insane for games and I just want to play them and talk about them instead. So I haven't really had a lot of time for really anything else. So um yeah, I've been really behind on everything. But I really did like Spy Family, and I watched the uh, the first half of it and I watched when they got the dog, so that's kind of where <laughs> I stopped. <laughs> for now but yeah i really like it. you know it's a very cute series and i really like all the characters and stuff um and you know anime movies are always hard to do like especially if they're original because like a lot of time they feel very pointless and like well what yeah. was the point of that but I feel like Spy Family could get away with that since the movie is more of a you know slice of life stuff. So um, yeah, maybe they have like one little arc here and it'll be like a fun time and you know then we'll be good. I don't think it really like destroyed the pacing of the of the series or anything. It's like my hero is like yeah these are so pointless. Like what's the point of watching <laughs> these? Like they do a cool thing that should be so like plot shattering and stuff, but it never gets brought up again. It's just like oh no that's it okay. So yeah it's it's dumb. But uh, sounds like Spy Family I think could get away with it a lot more. So.
0: Yeah, I think that my favorite thing about Spy Family, even when I read the manga, is, is like the chaos that just happens. Like like when every single character is like doing their own thing and like some of them know certain things and like the other one doesn't or whatnot. And like, yeah, it is just so much fun. And I feel like within a movie setting, you know, seeing seeing that all happen on the, the big screen is going to be a lot of fun. And I think that... um you know, just having all of that chaos happen once again is it's just going to be so much fun, you know, especially since now we have, you know, Bond in the picture as well and having the movie use him as a character as well. I think that that can be pretty cool as well. Um, But yeah, you know, this was only like a 30 second little teaser trailer and it is going to come out in Japan later this year in December and whenever it comes out within the States, I'm sure like a couple months, probably three, four months after that, it'll probably be in theaters because anime movies are popping off in theaters, surprisingly, you know, with uh, Demon Slayer and everything like that. And obviously there's like smaller ones that appear every now and then uh, within select areas, but Yeah, you know, Spy Family Code White. I cannot wait to actually watch this because they announced this alongside Season 2, but we haven't seen anything for Season 2 yet. I think it'll happen uh, for the winter season. I think that that's when it'll come back, but yeah.
1: Yeah, pretty pretty cool stuff, you know. Uh, Spy Family is good.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right, so now we're going to get into the last bit of the show where we're going to talk about Secret Invasion Episodes 2 and 3. So we're going to do full spoilers, just by the way, uh, for both these episodes. But... Yeah, I mean, Damien, what would you think overall for these two episodes comparatively to episode one?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think they're a lot better. Uh, you know, I thought episode one was, like, really boring, and I didn't know what was mm-hmm. happening. Uh, I feel like this time I'm like, okay, I, I get what's happening now. You know, there's a lot more things going on. I'm like, okay, I, I'm starting to understand, like, more. Uh, so, yeah, I definitely have a better time watching episodes two and three. Because, uh, yeah, episode one was just kind of, like, bad. <laughs> so. <laughs>
0: yeah I think that these two episodes especially episode two definitely picked things up and definitely gave us a much clearer idea of what was happening I think your complaint about them retreading the whole terrorist thing it seems like that that is what's happening just with scrolls and alien people it's very much
1: yeah it's very much like Winter Soldier (laughs) Uh, I'm sorry uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier yeah
0: Yeah. So, you know, we're just retreading that same stuff again, uh, which is, you know, it's okay, I guess. Uh, But, you know, there were definitely a lot of great moments within episode two with Fury and him talking to several characters like Talos, him sort of, uh, you know, talking about his experiences of being within America, and then also going off and sort of trying to help Talos, but at the same time, Talos calling him, calling him out on his bullshit. And I was just like, okay, yeah. Like they're both in the wrong to a certain extent, but mostly fury. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, I think the highlight of the, the, the episode for a lot of people was the whole conversation with Rhodes and fury. Um, did do you think that he's a, a scroll? Yeah, probably.
1: <laughs> it, it seems a little out of character for him. Like, I mean, like, some of his points make sense. Like, you know, I feel like Fury would be a really aggravating person to work for because the band is always disappearing and shit and it's like really <laughs> annoying. Um, but I also feel like there's some things that he, I'm, like... I, like it, I, I really like all his dialogue in this because I like Don Cheeto a lot <laughs> so like mm-hmm. just seeing him there is cool but yeah, I feel like some things he's like pr- kind of like overly aggressive and stuff about it and like just like being like he just wants fury out of the way so yeah. I, I feel like there's a really big possibility that he is sus <laughs> so like yeah <laughs> I, yeah I, I I'm definitely on the thing that he's probably like a Skrull. so
0: yeah I mean I have that feeling too um but I definitely really did like that conversation in that scene yeah um that that quote that Fury said. He said, "Even when I'm out, I'm in." I was like, "That was a little corny." I don't know if that was supposed to go hard. <laughs> what were the writers cooking? I don't know. But like, you know that that line for me was a little funny. You know, yeah. I know some people were like, "This is the coldest line in the MCU and shit like that." I'm like, "You need to watch more stuff, man." I don't know.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, fa- I kind of felt the same way. Also, I think there's one person says, "I'm Nick Fury." <laughs> like, I'm like, I, I, I forgot what he said that, but he said that in some one of these two episodes. I'm like, okay, so um. You know, I, I do like seeing more Nick Fury, um, you know, uh, I think it does go into a lot of his problems as a character. Like, not like bad problems, but like, you know, like, you know, good problems, I guess, being like, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, he disappears a lot. Uh, he seems to be like, you know, he's kind of full of himself sometimes. And he just seems, again, like really aggravating to like be an ally for it because <laughs> it's mm-hmm. just like, what are you doing? Also, uh, one thing I don't get, so he got, obviously he gets snapped, right? And he comes yeah. back. And then what? He leaves for space for how long? Like I, I don't know. Okay, that part I'm still confused at. Because yes, I know he got he got snapped and then he came back. Um, but then after that, I don't know what happened to Nick Fury after that. I don't know if they're going to explain it in this series or if it was ever explained. Because I have no idea. I don't know why he was in space to begin with. Uh, yeah. So I, I yeah I don't know. I I, I haven't watched Miss <laughs> Marvel. I really feel at this might probably should because I'm really confused about like the space <laughs> stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I think the conversation between him and, and, um, you know, Don Cheadle was really good. I mean, like when <laughs> Don Cheadle was just like, let, let me, let bond them. Let me just, let me just get it over it. I'm like, hell yeah, dude. I mean, him laying down the being like, yay, yeah, man, like America's innocent. Uh, y'all suck, uh, later. Oh like, yeah. <laughs> Let's go America.
0: <laughs> yeah, all my girlfriend had to say was that uh he's been a bootlicker, which was very funny because I'm like he is he is bootlicking pretty hard right now, yeah. but yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I got
1: yeah, I think that's was like the major thing that probably makes him like a squirrel especially him, you know, with Nick Fury talking, it's just like, yeah. I feel like he wouldn't be like that dedicated to like america <laughs> that point. yeah yeah so. i mean
0: you know like uh he was he was one of the people that signed the whole sokovia accords or anything yeah. like that but you know it was
1: it was a little maybe
0: the too hammy too yeah. hammy of a uh you know licking performance if you will um gravic i think that gravic is becoming like uh, a much more i guess threatening villain i mean obviously he already killed maria hill which which i guess that was like confirmed for now you yeah, know i kind she's of dead thing.
1: Yeah, th- I guess she's dead. I saw one of the before the show came out. I said, like, Oh, we have so many plans for her. Like, we're going to do a lot for her in this show. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah, she's yeah. fucking dead. <laughs> <For his episode. laughs> so, so, like, okay, good job, I guess.
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess it's confirmed for now. We don't know yet. But um, yeah, I think that graphic, you know. Him, his plan is like just being like a super like extremist, just like we're gonna fucking kill everyone. I'm like, yeah. okay, bro like that is like kinda crazy, uh, and they're sort of like setting up the whole like uh super scrolls thing within this episode, and then he actually says the line within episode three, uh you know when you have like a super society or whatever, you know, why don't we become super? and I'm just
1: like, all right, if I've I am super, no one is <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah so, yeah
1: um i I think. I like his character like you know uh, but it is definitely a character we've seen before like i think mm-hmm. like he's very similar to the um again like Cal- Captain Falcon winter soldier like type <laughs> beat. like yeah is a pretty like character we've seen before but it's still good like he's he's acted really well he's pretty threatening and stuff um i I also find his points like it's probably like on purpose but he's like very hypocritical about like humans and then like you have with Skrulls being like, oh, they're just going to kill each other. And they're so violent. And it's like, oh, but you're going to commit, like, genocide. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, you know, obviously he's on purpose because, you know, he's insane. But, like, I, I think that's pretty funny. Um, but, yeah, I, I think he's a pretty good villain for the show. You know, really uh, sneaky, like, really intimidating and stuff. Honestly, um, the show is just really violent in general. Like I'm like, oh, shit. Okay, they're <laughs> chopping fingers off and shit. So I thought that was, uh, yeah, I thought that was pretty uh, crazy. Yeah. Um, and just like how cold blooded he is in general is is pretty cool. Like whenever he's like looking at someone, it's like, Oh, that guy's dead. <laughs> so <laughs> um But yeah, his plan of using like um I guess Super Skrulls is going to be pretty interesting because, yeah, like, on the DNA samples, so, like, Groot and some other people there. Mm-hmm. So um, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays, like, I guess, in the finale where you have, like, superpower squirrels Skrulls, like, shooting vines and shit, so...
0: <laughs> yeah, I wonder exactly how all that's going to play out, but I really like the, uh, I guess, the final part within, like, episode two where, like, Gravik was, like, trying to, like, save Intel and, like, we got, like, that whole scene with like, that guy, like, trying to not, like, confess or whatever and, like... Yeah. Uh, I forget that character's name but she was just like straight up torturing the guy like just not giving a fuck like just just tell me the info like just just tell me and I'll stop and I was just like okay like you know this show is definitely getting a lot more I guess bloody and violent than I guess past MCU shows you know (laughs) Nick Fury's not shooting headshots or whatever but you know he is he is shooting people and, and we are actually like seeing them you know fall to the ground and shit like that but um, I guess the final part within episode two was the whole like scroll uh, you know him him being married to a scroll or, or being in a relationship with one I was just like does he know
1: does he <laughs> Does he know yeah it, it's kind of weird I'm like okay I guess he, he just yeah and then I guess later we find out like yeah he kind of just knows I guess yeah so he's just like oh, yeah, he yeah just I'll, keep
0: the face <laughs> hold up the uh, the uh, just like the uh, flashback sequences I think oh, that yeah. uh, maybe Disney heard heard people's complaints from episode one where like we don't know what the fuck's going on so yeah. then they gave us that whole flashback within episode two to like explain a whole lot of shit, yeah. um, not just stuff that happened within the previous movies and everything like that, but just like, in general, you know, like uh, when Nick Fury first met Gravic when he wasn't yeah. like a fucking you know psycho, psycho. or whatever, uh, and then it happens the same thing within this episode where we we got a flashback of him, I guess, meeting his wife. I don't know her name, but you know the uh, the female scroll that he is in a relationship with.
1: Yeah, it, you know, I think that's cool to be like, yeah, we like you know the all like just alien refugees coming here and stuff like you know i i definitely get like the bigger picture now thanks to those Mm -hmm. flashbacks so that's nice because i know like uh captain marvel like is like in the 80s right so like that kind of explains a lot of the the some of the backstory with that i mean i'm I'm assuming that's where talos is comes from right yes from that movie talos
0: talos is from that movie yep
1: okay yeah because like that that's why i'm like i I kind of piece together now like what's actually going on um (laughs) and obviously like i think the overarching like. Plot points cool, like you know, the kind of referencing like, you know, after refugee stuff and like all that, like inaction or whatever. Uh mm-hmm. so I think that bigger plot points is is cool. Um I do feel like it's gonna end up like every other MCU show though, where it's like I feel like the cool thing about this show is the like the Among Us like situation, like, like you don't know who's who. <laughs> um and you know, they're killing each other from the inside and stuff. Like that's cool. I feel like when as soon as it turns to super scrolls, and like you're kind of just ruining like what made scrolls like scrolls right like oh now they're just mm-hmm. like oh no i mean i'm, I'm pretty sure to do that in the comics too but still like yeah it's kind of like you kind of lose the whole like oh they're like invisible spies and stuff because that's like sort of the whole point but whatever that's mm-hmm. that's for the last episode to worry about
0: <laughs> yeah i think that uh you know just like the whole i guess like scrolls in general some people have brought up the fact that like this this show feels like what captain marvel 2 should have been right. and then they just wrote out uh carol danvers and then they reworked captain marvel 2 into the marvels and everything like that which like i'm kind of seeing it already within episode 3 which is kind of concerning i'm just like okay i guess like certain things were supposed to have captain marvel in it maybe i don't know but you know they've sort of set her up as like this bigger character within the mcu that i guess you know stuff like this with the scrolls just doesn't fucking matter anymore and she's just not within any of the flashback sequences or anything like that so you know i can see i guess that theory play out but um Yeah, you know, I think that Gravik, once again, you know, we see that talk with him and Talos within the, I guess, museum. And I don't know, maybe I'm just stupid, but I guess my question was just like, is he not like a wanted man? Like he's just sitting here within this museum. But then it is revealed that like everyone within that museum was a scroll that's like on his side. I was like, ah. That's how he's getting away with yeah. it. Okay, I get it now. Um, but yeah, you know that whole talk with uh, Talos, and then going into the next scene with Fury. I thought that that was that was really really good because I was just like, Fury ended that bridge, but like that's just not gonna that's just not gonna last.
1: <laughs> yeah, 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 um, yeah. Like I feel like the yeah the conversation between like uh, Nick Fury and like Talos was like pretty funny like like i feel like the, this show didn't really have a lot of like that like i guess like mcu humor in it but it was good it was like it was done pretty well mm-hmm. so, yeah, like i was buying it like there's having like this old married couple bickering and stuff like that yeah um i mean they already <laughs> had it on the train as well like i think that was episode two uh, yes. yeah. When they're on the train, like arguing and stuff. So it, it's good. Cool. Like they're obviously on the same side, but it's like the kind of like, all right, you kind of get on my nerves <laughs> a lot. So, <laughs> um, and yeah, I think it's just cool to see like a lot of Nick Fury just cause like, you know, a lot of times it's just, like I'm making a team and then like he leaves. So it's kind of cool to yeah. see more of him. Um, also I just like Samuel L Jackson a lot. So <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. You know, uh, I I really really liked him within uh, the Winter Soldier movie. You know, yeah. like he was he was very very good at that sort of setting setting everything that that up as Hydra was taken over. But um, you know, within this episode, you know, it was definitely I felt in my opinion, towards, like, the end of it, it felt like a self-contained, like, Saturday morning cartoon thing where, like, they were just, like, trying to, like, stop, like, this bad guy from, like, bombing the ship. So then, like, it was, like, going back and forth between, like, the other side where, like, I guess, like, those scrolls, like, infiltrated and then, like, we're gonna fucking do this. We're gonna pull the uh, thing, but I guess, like, they didn't calculate that, like, the last guy that they probably should have taken over as, like, his face and everything, that's the guy that, that like, fucking pulls the uh, trigger either way, so... Yeah,
1: that seems like a really, like, not thought-out part of that plan. <laughs> <laughs> like, the two people that have the launch code should be scrolls. Like, it makes no sense why one guy would be a scroll and the other guy isn't. Like, that seems a little weird.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, that, was just, that was just such, like, a missed, like, thing that I guess they forgot about within their plan, but, um... Yeah, and I guess Talos' daughter, uh Gaia, which I I don't think we've really talked about her. She's played by fucking Amelia yeah, Clark, which, yeah. which 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 maybe we should talk about her more. I think that uh she's she's having a lot of fun with the role and I think that she's doing a pretty good job. I felt like her role within the show wasn't clearly defined, but then again a lot of shit was just like messy within yeah, the I, I beginning. Yeah, I
1: don't I I didn't know what she was at first, but uh oh, she's like an inside like person in the yeah. there something. Okay, now it makes more sense. So mm-hmm. Um, because I mean, you I mean, know she's, she's probably not dead, but yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. I fucking, I'm just like she's not dead like that, right? Like, much no shot. Her.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> no like, way.
0: No way they're gonna kill her off like that. But um, yeah, you know because like the uh, first couple of scenes we saw her with her dad, it wasn't exactly clear to me, anyways, that like you know she was like a spy or whatever. But like this episode made it very, very clear that like she was a spy, and you know that whole scene where like that old guy uh sort of taps Tallow so that like a a, a phone gets picked up in like a uh, I guess like an old face changes and I'm like at first I was like what the fuck was that and I was like oh that was her because you know yeah. it goes back to her being within the car or whatever so but I mean I just thought that she just she might have just made it too obvious for graphic to like find out but maybe that's what she wanted because she's not actually dead I don't fucking know you know because <laughs> obviously like this entire show is about like who done it kind of thing you know like among us sussy bullshit yeah, you know. Susy we don't know who's who what's exactly happening so yeah
1: but yeah, I definitely will say it's getting a lot more interesting now. Um, you know, I think now that they explained a lot more of the things that are going on, uh, it makes a lot more sense. Like just explaining all the major scrolls and like all that. Like I think I think it's just starting to flow a lot better now. So th- that's mm-hmm. good. You know, I, I feel like I was really nervous. Like after episode one, I'm like, damn, yeah,
0: yes, <laughs> it's gonna be like good,
1: or like, am I just gonna suffer through this? But no, I was, I was. Really, you know, I was a lot more engaged with these two episodes than the first one, which is good. Um, you know, I'm interested to see how this plays out, even though, again, a lot of MCU stuff kind of plays out the same way at the end, having like a big fight at the end and stuff. So, and I'm Mm -hmm. not really expecting it to change much with this, especially with the introduction to like they're gonna be super scrolls and stuff. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. graphics probably gonna be like a combination (laughs) of like rude and some other bullshit. So, that's kind of just how it works out. Um, and yeah, I mean, I I actually am kind of glad uh, they kind of split. Uh, you know, if this was true, it, like Miss uh, Captain Marvel and this, because I feel like Captain Marvel's power level is like a little too much for this. And like her power <laughs> set doesn't really match like this type of show in general. Like, yeah. um, you know, it's like a spy thing and she's about blowing shit up and she's like, Really overpowered, so <laughs> I feel like that wouldn't really fit her character as much as it would like something else. So uh, I think yeah. it's a little better to have like less supers on this show than normal. Like he's just Nick Fury and he's just a guy. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think I think it's just fitting the the show more than uh, than if it was to have any other superheroes in it.
0: Yeah, I think that they should have done a Obi Wan Kenobi thing where they had. Two episodes premiere at once, cause like yeah, yeah, yeah. just like with with uh, Kenobi, that first episode was fucking rough, you yeah. know. So um, I'm glad that, excuse me, that they are stepping it up now. Um, I believe it is still a six episode series, so you know we are at the halfway point at this at at this point, uh, if you will. Um, but yeah, you know it does suck that they are still using the fucking AI intro and everything like that. Yeah. But hey, you know <laughs> what can you fucking do? Um, but yeah, you know, um, I just, I just can't wait to actually see what happens next because I'm actually kind of excited watching this show again. Yeah. I don't know I why. Am too.
1: Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> I, I mean, I'm happy it got like better because I, I, I again, yeah. like I said, I was, I was pretty nervous. So I'm happy it got like more engaging. <laughs>
0: Mm -hmm. yeah because you know now now it seems like the roles are like more clearly defined everything like that so
1: i just uh, thought i tried to do too much in episode one and then it felt like nothing happened and then i was just like yeah
0: (laughs) (laughs) they're like this is what's happening and then everyone finished and it was like what the fuck just happened so um but yeah you know it does seem like it is getting a little better as we move along but yeah is there anything else you'd like to add good saw
1: uh no that's everything
0: All right, so thank you guys for listening to the Travis and Damian Podcast, episode 116. We will see you guys two weeks from now with another episode.
1: Later.